Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack, and we're here with Gary Lamon of the... How do you pronounce the band name? The, the, the correct pronunciation is the Bermondsey Joyriders. Bermondsey is an area in London that is predominantly working class. It's right in the um, centre of, of Docklands um, on the River Thames. Uh, this area, as I say, is predominantly working class. Uh, it took a hell of a beating during the Second World War. Uh, with uh, the Blitzkrieg and that kind of thing, and there's a, a real sort of character to the area. Um, the Bermsey Joyriders is, um, is is a title that I see in a newspaper, in a local newspaper. And um, when the when when the British government started to sort of um, uh, dismantle the docks as a as a community, the next thing that happened after that, after breaking that community down. Uh, they started to redevelop the, the docks areas, and in particular Bermondsey, uh, the warehouses along the dock side were converted into um, very, very expensive and very uh, posh accommodation for people that were moving into the area. Uh, consequently, this you know, had an adverse effect further still on, on a community that was already suffering from the loss of their, um, you know, their income and, 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 and some of their character because, uh, you know... The area was uh, a doc, docks area, and it was being changed by by um, what was happening. And um, I see this headline: the Bermondsey Joyriders strike again in um in a South London newspaper. And it was a kind of um, situation whereby young lads, I don't know, probably about fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, were breaking in and stealing the cars that these um, very uh, wealthy people who were moving into the area of Bermondsey owned, I, I guess, like cars like um, Aston Martins and Ferraris and uh, Maseratis, those kind of things, maybe Porsches. Um, and then some of these cars would probably probably be more, be probably worth more than the, the actual houses that people were, were living in, you know, the, the, the original local people were living in. And so... You know the the area was being changed because the docks were being closed down. Uh, these people were moving into the area uh, with with vast sums of money into um into the area, and you know everything seemed to be uh, you know a, a, a an attack, I, I guess, on 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 the area. And I think um, what must have happened is um, like these young lads just thought, right, well we'll take it into our own hands and we'll show what we actually feel about all this and it's going to be great fun as well and these cars would be broken into these Porsches these Aston Martins and Ferraris and Maseratis they'd be broken into they'd be stolen they'd be racing at sp raced at speed through the night being chased by the police and of course the, these cars could outrun any police car because they were um, they were performance vehicles and uh, once they they you know outrun the police and they found themselves um, you know long, no longer being pursued these cars would then be um you know, ceremonially and ritually burnt out, completely burnt, and uh, you know, that was a, a kind of statement these these kids were making. And while I'm not sort of justifying that or advocating that, I can also understand why um, lads of about 15 or 16 would probably take um, take that kind of stance and and and, and choose to make that statement. Wow, you just answered all of my questions there. <laughs> 
we can do it again and break it down a little bit. But basically, that's that's what the Bermondsey Joyriders. That's that's the name. That's the that's the title of the band, and it's um, it's a kind of accolade to an area that I'm very fond of. A lot of my family are from that area. My family are from both sides of the river, actually. Um, on the north side, Stepney and Poplar. And on the south side, Bermondsey, and that little area of the River Thames that divides the north and the south of London um, is uh, uh, is reachable by um, what, what is known as the Rotherive Tunnel. That's the official name of the Rotherive Tunnel, but colloquially it's known as the Pipe because it's just a very small tunnel. And uh, so it's, the people of Poplar and Stepney on the north side, and people on the south side in Bermondsey, they would call the Rotherive Tunnel the Pipe. So in one word, why why did you pick the name Bermsey Joyriders? Uh, because, as I say, I mean, my, my, a lot of my family are from that area, so I, I've got a feel for the area. And, um, you know, I, I didn't like to see what was happening to the area um, in, in that way. All right, look, you know, progression. You've got to go forward. Yeah, sure you have, but, you know, you've got to... You've got to keep a balance in life. You can't, you know, it's no good sort of completely tearing out the guts and the heart of an area um, because that is not progression. That, you know, that's, that, that's, that's unfair and that's, um, that's unkind and that's not the way to do it. Yeah, I agree with progression and going forward, but you've got to do it in a dignified, compassionate way. And if you don't do that, especially in an area like Bermondsey, you've got trouble on your hands, believe me. I see. So when did you start this band? Uh, this band um, came about at the beginning of our last California tour, which, which was um, the beginning of this year, January uh, 2008. So this is our second California tour. Originally I'd been playing, um, just before this, I'd, originally I'd been playing solo guitar in London. Um, I was doing a kind of punk rock slide guitar thing, where my, I'd go on stage on my own, I'd amplify the stage so any any little bit bit of tapping of the foot um, could be amplified and that soon developed into sort of raucous stomping of the boots which was um, heavily swamped with echo and reverb and th that was quite an, quite an exciting thing uh, just to be playing guitar in front of people with no band and just have the amplification of me stomping my boots on the stage but the thing was Jack it, it took me two years in London for people to actually see that and understand that. Um, and when I came to America to play guitar for the first time, which was back in um, 2007, um, November 2007, I went to the East Coast, I went to New Jersey and New York to play some gigs over there. And I went over there just on my own with my guitar and my boot stomping, amplified, swamped with echo. And the very first gig was like doing my very first gig under that process in London, which was people would just look at you, and after a short while, after after the song had finished, they would give you polite, polite applause, but they didn't really understand what was going on, and I thought to myself, all right, it took me two years to get that established in London. I'm here for three weeks, I haven't got time. And the band that was um, on the same bill as me, who had opened for me, was a great little band called the, the New... New Jersey F-Bombers, the F-Bombers, that's right, they were from New Jersey, and um, Kim, their, their guitarist, uh, their bass, uh, their guitarist came up to me after the show and said, Gary, it was great, um, you know, sorry about the response, you know, I don't think people understood you, uh, we did, we loved it, um, we was just wondering if you'd come down to our studio, we've got our own little studio, and maybe you could play some slide guitar for us, and I said, yeah, I'd love to do that, I said, I, it, it, but here's the deal, 
And she went, well, we haven't got much money. I said, no, I'm not asking for money. I'll come and play guitar for you, but you come and finish the rest of the tour with me on the East Coast of America as my backing band because they're not going to get this. I need a drummer, I need a bass player. So when we done that, um, and I see how well it could work um, with bass player and drums, with, with that slide guitar thing, um, I, I was more than happy to include them in um, in a TV documentary that was made by T.J. Welsh, um, the show being Sonic Lobotomy. Uh, and after that, I thought to myself, well, you know, I'm going to go to California now as well. Uh, the uh, the F-Bombers in New Jersey were busy. They were recording a new album. And um, so I kind of uh, had a little bit of a think. I originally asked um, Eddie Edwards, the drummer of the Vibrators, great classic punk band from 1976 still in existence still with Eddie the original drummer still with Knox the original singer and I, I'd worked with Eddie before um, we'd, we'd, we'd done quite, quite a few tours together in various lineups in in France and um, and Germany and I phoned Eddie and I said Eddie listen I've got um, I've got these dates in California and it's shaping up pretty good but he looked in his diary and he said oh, I'm sorry Gary I can't do it but hey here's a guy out here his name's Steve Goodeye I said, Steve Goodeye, I kind of know, know that name. He said, yeah, he's a very famous tattoo artist. He's written books and stuff like that uh, on on the art of tattooing. He's got his own tattoo studio. And I'm saying, no, no, I know him for another reason. He said, well, he's also a skateboarder. I said, ah, that's why I know him. Yeah, he's he, he's a skateboard designer, and that, that's who Steve Goodeye is. And he's a fantastic uh, drummer. got so much energy. And that worked out great, Jack, because um, we had a place to stay. We had a guy that knew the scene, uh, knew all the clubs that we were playing at, and so, you know, we didn't have to worry about, um, you know, trying to find our way around. Uh, we had somebody who was, who was in there locally, and uh, it all fell into place. And I, I brought Martin Stacy. Marty Stacy was the original um, guitarist in Chelsea, seventy six, seventy seven, and um, Marty wrote um, the right to work and uh, high rise living. It's all it's all fell into place, and we found somebody nice to look after us as well. Chris Kristen Gamby, who operates in a few clubs, in particular uh, Biakis. Uh, yeah, so that's all fell into place, and that, that that's really great, you know. So how is it like with the, let's see, you have Steve, which is in California, or yeah. based in California, and then you have you based in London, and uh, Martin, which is also in London. How does that work, like, with two members in London and then another member in yeah. California? Yeah, I think that's a good question, Jack, and I, I think, um, you know, sort of, thinking about that instinctively and not really giving it that much thought, what what comes comes to my mind and my heart as I say, without thinking too much about it, is that wouldn't been been you wouldn't have been able to do that if um, if you was a bit younger and you didn't have the experience. Well, I've well I've come to well I've come to realise and and see as I've got older um, things that were so important to you when you when you was younger, you you realise that actually no, that's not as important as you as as you you thought it was all those years ago, and and what what I've discovered is as long as you've got people around you. And they know what they're doing, okay? Then you can do it because that's the art of um, of, of getting a you know a, a little bit of sus. Is make sure that you've got your own your own areas sorted out. And if you've got your own areas sorted out, and you know what you're doing, you just turn up on the day. I mean, we had one rehearsal, um, and we thought to ourselves, "Do we want another rehearsal?" And Steve, the drummer, said, "Well." 
let's do another rehearsal because that was a great rehearsal and no we don't really need another rehearsal but let's let's don't get too arrogant about it i said yeah you're right so we went and done two rehearsals for the for this um particular tour and as i say we can do that because everybody knows the parts that they're playing and it's a it's um it's an experience thing the the other thing that i've i've come to realize as well you can rehearse too much and you can be a good band but you can over rehearse it there's nothing like being a live band you need a bit of spontaneity so you need a little bit of say um you need you need an element of it's not 100% rehearsed because if it's 100% rehearsed and you know it's going to go so well then to me that's no longer punk rock you know that's that's getting into areas like genesis and those kind of bands that are so technically spot on um, I'm not knocking that. It's not. It's just not what I'm into. Uh, I like things to be spontaneous, and I like things to be a little bit kind of um, maybe risky. So, yeah, we 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 know our parts that we're going to play, and when we come together, we do one or two rehearsals, and then we get it out there, and we get better as we go on. You know, it's like, and any band will be like that. I mean, bands as big as the Rolling Stones, or even Genesis, who are very technically put together. It doesn't matter really how much you rehearse as the as the tour progresses that's when the real music comes to get comes together because the confidence grows in each other and uh, you know um you, the more the more you play together the more you feel relaxed together and it, and it's a, like a feeling of trust as well and that's a great thing about playing in a band that you've you've um you've got this kind of um unwritten bonding going on and you just know that when you play that note that other part of the music is going to be there for you so it's sort of like a, if you wanted to listen to a band that was sounding the same all the time you it would probably be better to just listen to a cd right <laughs> yeah i mean the idea of going to see live music is a little bit like going to see um uh you know um a, a car race or a motorbike race you don't want anybody to get hurt but of course there is an element that in in motor racing people are going to crash there is an element of that you don't want that to happen but the excitement is is these guys are going to push it to as far as they possibly can and hopefully get away with it and that's what everybody's hoping uh, and that's a bit like rock and roll as well um you know you have to have a, a little bit of risk in in rock and roll it has to be you know it's it's an adage, I know, but people say, you know, rock and roll is only rock and roll when it's dangerous. And th I think that's what they mean by that, you know? Yeah, it is interesting, but uh, it's kind of hard for those inexperienced bands to actually, like, spontaneously come up with music without rehearsing. The, but you have the benefit of all these years of uh, experience. Thank you, for, thank, thank you for reminding me of that, Jack, yeah. I mean, when I started, I've had hair. And uh, now, you know, people say to me, Gary, you're looking great. And I take my hat off and they go, well, yeah, okay, well, fair enough. Put the hat back on, man. I say, yeah, I'm not wearing this hat to be posy. It's just hiding up the fact that I'm losing my hair. It's okay. I'm halfway to being 50 and bald. <laughs> okay. Thanks, it makes me feel even worse, Jack. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, how long have you been doing this band thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I started playing guitar in 1972, and I started playing guitar because of my love for that band, the Rolling Stones. And the Rolling Stones in 1972 were at their pinnacle best. They were coming out with uh, albums like. Um, Sticky Fingers, Exile on Main Street, and that's when the Stones were 
really aware of their outlaw status and and kind of playing on that a bit um but having fun with it they weren't they weren't a, a parody of themselves in any way they really had their finger on the pulse at that point in time and to me you know that was that was what i wanted to do and originally i wanted to be a professional footballer i was quite a good footballer um and i had trials for quite a few london clubs but I didn't make it. Uh, I was very small when I was at school, and um, football was a different game then. I mean, there's uh, in, in England certainly in England in those days, you you really had to be um, a, a bit more well built than what I was. Um, you know, nowadays, I mean, uh, English football is is more like um, Italian or or. or or um, continental football, whereby there's a lot more thought goes into the in, into the tactics. There's a lot more deft skills. Um, had the game been like that when I was, um, you know, young enough to play, I might have had a chance. But um, I, I was good. I was fast, and um, I had a good football brain. I could read the game very well. But um, as I say, I wasn't very tall. I was quite a slight build and I started to play guitar and I started to stay out late and I started to smoke cigarettes and I started to have a few alcoholic drinks and that combined with a few other things um, kind of put pay to my my chance of becoming a professional footballer and so yeah 1972 I started playing guitar and um, yeah it's you know obviously that's made me um, a different person to what I would have been had I not been playing guitar for all those years. I've missed out on some things, um, and I've gained other areas in in my life have uh, have been fulfilled. And as as I say again, it comes back to that that trying to you have to do things in a balanced way. Uh, like the Buddhists say, you got to go down that mi- middle path, um, unless of course you choose to go particularly extreme in one way or the other and uh, if, if you can do that in a contained and entertaining way well that's okay but I think life in general yeah choose the middle path it sort of sounds almost like when I was little uh, when I was little I wanted to be a like a professional hockey player and everything like that yeah. but I had the same problem with you I was pretty short and yeah. pretty small and couldn't really fit into the hockey thing yeah. but I loved it anyways and yeah, I still well, played it yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm no expert on hockey, but when I see those guys playing on telly, yeah, they're 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 pretty tough, big-looking geezers. So um, you know, anybody that's not of that build, they're not going to take you in. Although somebody's being taken in here. Oh no, it's a, was this a fire brigade or the police? I think that's the fire police. No, fire and paramedics. Oh right, okay. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. Uh, well, since we've been distracted, I guess we'll take a listen to a song now. Since we've been talking sure so much. Yeah, We'll take a listen to the song Bermsey Joyriders. Is that a song about the band, or is it about the area, or what that's is it about? A, that's that's a song about the um, the uh, atmosphere and the energy of the of of, of the area, and the, the the atmosphere of the area with the with, with the local people originally from Bermondsey is one of um, defiant, happy, nothing's going to touch us kind of thing, and. Also, as well, I'm kind of sort of envisaging, you know, what it must have been like sitting in one of those stolen cars racing down the street with the police in pursuit. Maybe if we have a listen to the track, you might hear what I mean. You know, we were discussing uh, a couple days ago about the term joyrider and how it's different, uh, differently defined in the United States and in London. We all know what it's uh, defined in, or what it means in the United States, being uh, just someone that goes around in a car and just cruises along or whatever. But what does it mean in London? 
Yeah, a joyrider in London is, um, it's not someone who's driving their own car for fun and pleasure, you know, like sort of cruising up and down, looking at a few chicks and, you know, stopping off and maybe buying a pack of cigarettes. A joy, anybody that's driving a car who's joyriding in London is driving a stolen car. Interesting. <laughs> so I guess we'll take a listen to Bermsey Joyriders and we're here with Gary from Bermsey Joyriders and you're listening to the punk rock demonstration with me, Jack, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack, and that was Bermsey Joyriders by the band Bermsey Joyriders. And we're here with Gary from the Bermsey Joyriders. You know, you've been in music for so long. Have you learned anything from all those years of music? Yeah, um, just do how you feel it in the first place. Uh, try not to double-check yourself. Um, what you feel initially is probably you know, the one to go with. You know, back in the day before punk rock ever existed... You you pretty much started when punk rock first, or you pretty much saw when punk rock first began. What was it like back then, and what bands did you listen to? I, I was, before the punk rock explosion in London in 76, I was always listening to uh, bands that, that were that way inclined. Uh, they might not have initially been sort of under the um, the banner of punk rock, but you know, bands like sort of the New York Dolls, um, and an English band called Slade and T-Rex, um, these kind of bands, um, The Who, energy bands who look like a gang that you wanted to join. I can't help but notice, what happened to your foot? Well, um, don't get me wrong, Jack, you know, I'm, 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 not a, I'm not a tough guy, I'm not a fighter, but if somebody wants to um, take a dislike for me and challenge me, I'm not going to get out of the way. Um, why should I? 
I don't care how big a guy is, and that's exactly what happened. Somebody had a go at me, and I got in a bar brawl. Uh, I can't really remember what happened, but um, I broke my foot, and uh, I'm not I'm not proud of it, and I'm not advocating bar fighting, but all I'm saying is this: if somebody wants to um, take a dislike for me, I'm, I'm going to stand my ground. I'd, I'd I'd rather take the pain than the shame of backing down. So I guess tonight we won't see uh, how you normally perform with the good foot. What should people expect from one of your performances? Um, well, it's um, it's it's rock and roll with a punk rock enthusiasm. It's neither out and out punk rock or out and out rock and roll, but it's somewhere in between and a combination of both. Fast, energetic rock and roll. Yeah. You have so many songs that I see on your CD. How did you come up with all these songs and also have uh, the band starting so recently? It's what I do, Jack. I, I write maybe three or four songs a day. Um, I'm a, I will probably disregard two of them, only to reintroduce th those two songs that I've um, disregarded at some later date when I've got a, a different take or angle on them. And, and I do this every day. That's what I do. I, I play guitar all day. Uh, if, if I'm in London, I might not be playing as much as when I'm on tour. Uh, but, you know, um, I, I played, played a gig last night at Biaki's. We got home at 2.30 a.m. in the morning. I played guitar again till 5 a.m. in the morning. So it's like a way of life type deal for you? I, I, don't, even, I don't even notice that I'm doing it. I just, I just do it like, you know. Um, it's only when I'm on stage that, that my attitude will shift to the fact that now I'm interacting with people. So did you write all of the songs for the for uh, Bermsey Joyriders or did other members of the band contribute to the songs? Okay, the, the album that I gave you on that, there's two songs written by um, Ben Donnelly, the bass player of a great London band called The Inmates. Uh, that track is called Heartache. And then the other track that I didn't write on there is called uh, Sister Jekyll and Hyde. And that's also by a guy in uh, a London band called The Inmates by uh, a guy called Peter Gunn, but the rest of the tracks, I wrote all those, yeah. Uh, and I noticed you have a track about football on there, <laughs> like we discussed earlier. Uh, any particular reason why? Yeah, in London, I mean, uh, in England, um, London, Manchester, Newcastle, the whole of working class culture in, in, in England is based around this, um, the, the ritual of football and and it is it's um it's a it's a great celebration it's very territorial uh it's very fun it's very humorous um and you know it's 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 what it's what um the whole of working class culture uh lives their week for they go to work they work in factories uh, they work on building sites and then at the weekend they want to go and watch a football match unfortunately um uh, you know the powers that be and the authorities of football have noticed this, and of course they've uh, they've tried to you know make it more corporate, and they've done that in a in in a way, and in, in a great way. What's happened paradoxically, Jack, is that's given football uh, a kind of underground cult status because now we've got we've got the corporate situation in football, which has driven the real fans in, into a into a more. In fact, football fans are becoming more like. The old punk rock fans. I mean, you've got you've got alternative underground football fanzines now turning up on on, on, on at the stadiums. You know. Well, since we're talking about uh, like the changes and whatever about football, how did punk rock change in your opinion? Like from when it first started until now. That's a great question, Jack. Uh, punk rock now to me is in danger of be 
becoming a complete and utter farce. I see bands, particular. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not judging uh, American bands. I don't. I don't know America well enough. But what's happening in e- England certainly is that you've got so-called punk rock bands, and I'm not going to mention any names, although I could. But they know who they are if they're listening. Who claim to be true punk, and what they do is they go out and they play one gig a year for as much money as possible, and they play the same venues, and it's also very safe and very calculated. Is that punk rock? Look. It isn't. It, punk rock has to be spontaneous, and you've got to take it into n- new territories. Y- you know, you've you've got to be a pioneer uh, to be a punk rocker. You don't you don't wheel out the same old ten songs each year and double your performance fee playing at the same place because you know you go down well there. No, that's absolute rubbish. <laughs> it makes the music industry happier, though. <laughs> well, you know that's the that's the that's the sad thing. It's it's um it's it's caged what was punk rock has has been caged because it's no longer the wild uncontrolled beast that it was um it's more like a it's more like a fucking budgery guy now yeah it sounds like the total opposite of what punk rock is or what it should be most certainly yeah now i know you've played a, in a band called Coxbar back in the day what happened with that band like why did you decide to leave um i I left the band in uh, at the end of 1979 uh, for some personal reasons that, um, to this day, I still believe that I was right about. I was the I was the own I was the principal songwriter. I was the only songwriter in the band. And when they came to uh, ask me to rejoin, um, they'd all all decided to go and get um, day jobs. You know, they they were married, they had family, and they got day jobs, earning quite a, quite good money. And I'm still playing rock and roll punk rock guitar and they come to me and say we want we want to put the band back together and I say why and they say well because we want to go and make some money and for you know nostalgic reasons I said hey listen <laughs> you know you want me to be in a band I need better reasons than nostalgia making money no thanks for the thanks for the for the offer but no they then came back and asked me a second time and said look we got this uh we got this song called England Belongs to Me and at the time uh, there was the Argentinian and English conflict, and uh, I said, "Listen, England belongs to me. Well, what's going on?" And they said, "Well, you know, we, we're going to we're going to put this album out. It's going to be on an album called Shock Troops, and we're going to be in battle dress, camouflage trousers. With uh, we're going to be there with like uh, bullet belts around us." And I said, "Listen, we were just the band." I said, well, you, "You know, what what gives you the right to think that you can sit down in a in a bar, have a few beers, and and perceive what it might be like to fight in the front line out in in, in Argentina. We're just a band. I mean, I'm I'm the I'm neither pro nor anti-war, Jack. What I do believe is this, though: is that when you do go to war, whatever the reasons are, you've got to take your hat off to them guys because those guys are trained to do it, and they've got nerves of steel and they've got guts. And for a band, a band of musicians, just to sort of portray that. And, um, and and think they know what it's like to be in the front line. I was no, I couldn't do that. Um, that there was there's something that sort of stuck, it, it stuck me as not you know not it weren't right. I didn't like the feel of it. So that was the second time uh, uh, I turned them down. And then the third time I turned them down, I, I was doing some other artistic stuff that um, that was going pretty good. And uh, you know people come up to me and they ask me what you know why I'm I'm no longer in Coxborough. And when I tell them this. Uh, some people agree with it. Some people they disagree with it. That's that's fine. It's everybody's prerogative to uh, you know conceive it and perceive it how they want. 
and that Coxborough are obviously very big now and I have nothing against that good luck to them it's not the sort of band I want to be in there so artistic things meaning painting and no I'm kidding <laughs> you know since we've been talking so much let's take a listen to another song we mentioned the song football earlier and uh you know, we'll take a listen to that right now. So you're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack, and we're here with Gary from the band Broomsy Joyriders. And we'll be right back again. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack, and that was Football by the Bermsey Joyriders, and we're here with the Bermsey Joyriders on the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack, and we're here with Gary from Bermsey Joyriders. You know, how did you get on this tour? Like, how did it all come together? Yeah. Well, originally it was um, Kristen um, over in Biakis, who we played here for the first time uh, in January, um, got, in contact, got in contact with me again and said, like... Um, you know, we'd like we'd like to book you um, an, another tour. How, how do you feel about that? I said, yeah, fine. Put us in. We're we're there. You know, where can people find your music? Yeah, at the moment we don't have um, a release with any uh, record companies. Um, we're talking to um, Curtis uh, down in San Diego um, at, at Tang Records. There's a few others as well that Kristen, um, our agent in California, is talking to. Uh, we do have um, uh, albums ready to to go, uh, but as I say, we we haven't 
we haven't secured a, the, any releases yet. So in the meantime, just go to www.myspace.com forward slash Gary, G-A-R-Y, Lamin, L-A-M-M-I-N. That's me, obviously, and uh, you, you'll pick it up there. Myspace. Ugh. <laughs> Do you feel the same way? No, uh, I used to, because I used to feel that way about all computers, and um, I've only been using a computer for about a year up until a year ago I couldn't even send a bloody email uh, but now I've realised that it is a great way of communication and of course it's like anything else Jack you know things can be um, misused and polluted and stuff like that but you just steer yourself away from that stuff you know and if if you use it um, with discretion and integrity I think it can be a, a, a good good way of communicating with other people yeah I will agree it makes it easier to communicate than an email address <laughs> How do you come up with your songs? Like, what goes into like making a song? That's uh, a great question. I think you need to know how you're feeling and um, express that in some way. And sometimes, if you're very lucky, how you th- how you thought you was feeling can be um, can uh, transcend itself through that song. And if you can do that. And you can get some 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 good lyrics with some hooks to express that. You you can come up with some great great songs. Songs to me are they're like they're like little mini kind of um, cathartic exorcisms, if you like. You know, they can you can really sort of get out of yourself what it is that you're struggling with inside. And that to me is a great song. Now, when you're writing the songs, do you write it as if it was like uh, supposed to be performed with an entire band, or do you do it as a write it as a f- intended for a solo artist, or what? Yeah, I always start off on an acoustic guitar, writing the song as if it's going to be just for me, singing and playing it in my front room, in my lounge, with no other, uh, you know, desire to do anything else. And so then, a couple of days later, I will come back to the song. I usually tape it on a little little tape machine. I'll come back and listen to it. Then, I might start adding some kind of band, uh, like trying to perceive some kind of band performance on it. Then, when I play it to the band, um, I see what they can, can do with it. And if it works, then great. The, the, the songs in the, they don't always work, you know. And sometimes you have to take them back to just being acoustic songs. Sometimes, they, you know, if the song, particularly if the song wasn't as good as I first thought it was, it won't transcend into being a band song. But a great, I think, a, a truly great song, as I say, can um, can be played uh, with just one guy on a on a guitar or with a band, you know. Now, do you prefer punk rock acoustic or punk rock electric? As long as it's as long as it's true punk rock, and you know nobody's sort of um, trying to, you know, sell something that that's that's not genuine. It doesn't matter to me uh, whether it's a a full-on roaring, loud, raucous punk rock band with full amplification, or it's just some guy sitting there w- with an acoustic guitar. As long as that intensity of meaning and se- and the sentiment. Is genuine and true. It's great, you know. I, I don't mind acoustic or, or or electric. Doesn't doesn't really bother me. You know, that's a great way to end off the interview. Do you have anything else you would like to say? Hopefully, some people will be coming down to see us. I don't know when your show's going out, but you know, um, try and 
try and look out for our gigs in California because we're going to be coming back here. Cheers, thank you. Okay, so expect to see uh, Bermsey Joyriders coming back to California. Actually, not just to California, back to the United States, right? And uh, if we see any expensive cars like Ferraris or Maseratis in working class areas, beware. You know, what other places are you planning to visit? Oh, we're going down to San Diego um, in a few days' time. And we're going to uh, Arizona, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. We've got some gigs in Phoenix, Arizona and some gigs down in San Diego. We're also going to do some more recording down in San Diego as well. So majority West Coast or still shopping that around well you know um we like we like california but um we like america so uh what i do anyway i mean the, the scene in, in america is, is is just so much more rock and roll than what it is in 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 london uh london is um london is very much uh, uh a situation where they've been very sport for choice in the past and now they've kind of lost the thread uh, a little bit and uh, they and they actually need something London actually needs something to happen again to sort of uh, consolidate it yeah they're they're a, they're a little bit of they're a little bit of washer you know they've they've lost the, the oars to their rowing boats well thanks for the interview you've been listening to the Bermsey Joyriders with Gary and me Jack on the punk rock demonstration and we'll take a listen to one last song here uh, we'll take a listen to it's nice to be important I love the way that chorus goes in that song what is that song about again yeah that's my that's my cynical look, uh, just as what i'm talking about there uh that's my cynical look of, uh, of at london life um well listen to the lyrics because the lyrics are all in there telling telling you how i think it's going in london i might not be right but um a few people who have heard this song have said it's uh it's quite uh, an astute observation yeah it, it definitely looks like an interesting observation <laughs> So we'll take a listen to that song, and you've been listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack. You can check out Bermsey Joyrider's website at myspace.com slash, what was that again? It's uh, www.myspace.com forward slash Gary, G-A-R-Y-L-A-M-M-I-N. So you can check the, check out the band there, and you can check out my website at www.punkrockdemo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all next week. I want to drive a big flash car. I want to bring my kids up to speak all lardy dark. I want to go on holiday down in San Tropez and earn a monkey at least every day. It's very nice to be important. It's very nice to be important. It's very nice to be important. But it's so much more important to be nice. Nice. I want all my clothes to be handmade in Milan. I want to have a Des O'Connor tan. I want to own my own private yacht. Do you know what, mate? I want the lot. It's very nice to be important. It's very nice to be important. It's very nice to be important. But it's so much more important to be nice. Nice.
want the latest mobile phone. I want to live in a mansion, not just a home. I want a Swiss bank account that's full of Wonga. Because after all, it's all a bit their market living in Onga. It's very nice to be important. It's very nice to be important. It's very nice to be important. But it's so much more important to be nice. Nice. It's very nice to be important. It's very nice to be important. It's very nice to be important. But it's so much more important to be nice. Nice. I want to drive a big flash car. I want to bring my kids up to speak all lardy dark. I want all my clothes to be handmade in Milan. And I want to have a Des O'Connor tan. It's very nice to be important. It's very nice to be important. It's very nice to be important. But it's so much more important to be nice. Nice. Hey, hopefully you enjoyed that interview with the Bermsey Joyriders. Gary likes to talk a lot, if you didn't notice. So uh, we're going to play a lot of music on the punk rock demonstration with me, Jack. I have plenty of music from plenty of different bands got a lot of new bands and lots of new music and lots of old music from new bands well sort of like a new version of an old band anyways we'll start off with the angst and the song is called rotten youth
That was NFFU with the song called Destroy, and they're on tour right now, coming through the United States. So if you want to check them out, you can check out their MySpace page.
page for their dates in whatever city myspace.com slash no future for us if you like them and before that we had distortion uk with training day and then the blame shifters with disenfranchised anarchist and you are listening to the punk rock demonstration with me jack and here is throat oyster with banner of hypocrisy
song on my website at www.punkrockdemo.com click on reviews and you can find out what i think about that song i think it's a great song before that we had under the black sails with six pack love song and machinery with where is your god before that one and now here's final solution with suffering Shine! 
I'm sick of feeling like I lost this fight Sick of craying out the wrongs and rights I'm pulling out of here to clear my sights Tonight, tonight, alright, alright
TSOL with Terrible People, and before that one we had Total Chaos with Horror Vision, and The Loved Ones with Jane before that one, and 46 Short with Wolves before that one. And you're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack. We're here every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Here is uh, another song. This is Firecracker 500 with a song called Evil Love.
complete control with leave us alone and before that we had infected youth with drugging the youth and then the ghouls with stand alone before that and final summation with disconnected before that one and remember check out my website at www.punkrockdemo.com you can find lots of great stuff on there always in the process of redesigning my site because i'm never satisfied with it so you'll uh expect something different every time you visit hopefully Anyways, here's some more music. This is the Briggs with My Own Enemy. Mm-hmm. 
Drunk is what on a beat, cause I, I 
Hey, that was the Black Tartan Clan with White Crosses, and before that we had Bad Company Project with Cure and Curse. Bad Company Project is the new oxymoron. Wonderful songs, just like oxymoron. And before that we had White Carnage with I Just Want to Get Drunk. And you're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack. Here's some more music. Here's the Hydropaths with Round and Round. The sun says six times since I stepped up I haven't been home in a week There's tenancy bottles beside me I'm finding it tricky to speak The shadows have come all around me What quality company I keep Well it beats the fucking BBC And that's all that matters to me And it goes round and round and round and round again The drinks, the nights, the lights are shine fucking When I'm pissing a fun in the old church Gonna pick only one He told me I'm not up to heaven I was just trying to have a good time The devil that sits on my shoulder He laughs and he spits and he lies Said in my ship is direction Into an open in mind Said it goes round and round and round and round again The drinks and nights are like to shine fucking Well there's an angel living in the tree Feeling that he's watching over me And I don't know what I'm doing But not say whiskey stops it with me
that was Rum Rebellion with Take to the Streets. And before that, we had Shock Nagasaki with These Are Our Streets. Tongue twister there. And yes, you are listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack. Send me an email at punkrockdemo at yahoo.com. Tell me what you want to hear and all that great stuff. We'll continue with the music. This is On Switch with Stitch Me Up.
Yeah, that was the outskirts with forever. And before that one, we had the fornicators with entertainment. And you're listening to the punk rock demonstration with me, Jack. And my voice is starting to go again. So we'll end it off with a song before I end off my vocals. We'll end it off with Rebel City Radio with a song called Rise Above. And you're listening to the punk rock demonstration with me, Jack. Check out my website at www.punkrockdemo.com. And check out the show every week from Monday, actually from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific time on Monday, every Monday. And remember to send in your requests, questions, comments, and all that great stuff at punkrockdemo at yahoo.com. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. (laughs) We'll be right back.